Welcome to the Feel Good Lab podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gresh. Join me as we bring together the brightest minds in health and wellness, covering topics from sleep and nutrition to exercise and mindfulness. Our goal is to give you actionable advice to optimize your health and ultimately to feel good. Welcome to another episode of the Feel Good Lab podcast. And I'm here today with a great friend of mine, doctor, I never call you doctor, but Dr. Jay Cavanaugh. And uh, Jay used to be an eye doctor. And a lot of what we're going to talk about today, I mean, typically on the podcast, we talk about wellness, and it's usually physical wellness. But recently, uh, Jay has been a mindset coach. And in fact, I would even consider you one of my mindset coaches, Jay. And so I'd love to kick it off and have you just explain to us a little bit about what led to this transformation, going from being an eye doctor to kind of throwing that all away and focusing in and helping people and individuals one-on-one and looking at mindset. Yeah. So um, thanks for having me, by the way. So when working with patients as an optometrist, I realized that what everyone remembered about me more than anything wasn't how much, how well I made them see. It was always how I made them feel. And so the word feeling has always been important to me, even to the point where when I closed my practice um, about, what, two months ago, um, I created something called the vibe mindset. And so the vibe, once again, feeling is this common theme with me where everything we do is for a feeling. You know, a lot of times, you know, you, you buy a Ferrari or you want a Ferrari. Do you really want the Ferrari? I, I believe you want the feeling associated with it. You know, you want to feel accomplished. You want to feel you made it. You know, and so we're always looking to do things for a feeling because the end product of any experience is an emotion. It is a feeling. And so um, I just decided it was time for something new. I wasn't, I didn't wake up in the morning with pep in my step. Now I wake up too early. Um, You know, I'm not getting enough sleep because I'm too excited and I just want to get up and write. I have a book that I'm writing. I've got my YouTube videos. I mean, I'll start shooting a YouTube video before it even gets to five o'clock in the morning when most people are still asleep. So um, you know, I think you always got to be thinking, what's my vibe, right? Where am I placing my focus, energy and attention and what vibe or feeling am I getting as a result of that and doing like a vibe check with yourself daily? You know I mean? Well, that's I, how you know on the right track and how are you going to coach <clears throat> other people if you're not living it? Right. Oh, and exactly. you are like, I've witnessed it, a massive transformation. You're so excited about what you're working on. So let's talk about vibe. So you're the founder of the vibe mindset and I know vibe is an acronym. So why don't you give it to me? So we actually switched things around this morning a little bit. The vibe acronym has changed. How funny is this? It was typical of you, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Of all the times you did, like, yeah, you looked on the website, you're like, hey, I remember this being the acronym. So the vibe mindset is tapping into your three superpowers and using them to dance more in step with the reality that you want to create. And so the three powers are the power of perspective how you look at things, how you view things, because once you shift your perspective on things, those things change. Secondly, uh, imagination. Everything in your world happens twice, first in your mind, then in reality. You know, when Thomas Edison created the light bulb, he didn't just create it, you know, he, he imagined it. He imagined all the ways that it could go, the ways that it might go. And I'm sure he failed a thousand times, but that thousand and twelfth time, it worked. And then thirdly, emotion. Uh, everything for me is based on emotion because, you know, when we talk about levels of consciousness, uh, different emotions vibrate on different frequencies. So like shame, 
guilt, humiliation is a lower vibe emotion. Yeah. We start talking about joy, peace, enlightenment, even courage somewhere in the middle, pride in the middle. So we have all these different vibrational, literally frequencies like a radio wave. And when what you want is an alignment with the frequency based on your emotional state and your vibe, you're more in alignment with what you've got. And it just, that's when the connection forms. And so, um, so yeah, so it's all that that's in the re easy to remember is, is pie, you know, that's where I remember. <laughs> well, the emotion. So a lot of people have probably heard of the secret and it was actually one of my favorite movies and books back in the day. It's not as simple as the secret. It's not just imagine it and it'll happen. I do think that one of the really special things about what you're focusing on, and it's not really just you, but you're researching and living and helping other people that want to be high performers, whether it be in motocross racing, in their work-life balance, physical exercise, getting over issues, it is the emotion. And so the secret kind of leaves out that part of you need to imagine yourself in this state and feel it as if you already have it. When you feel it, then the frequency goes there. There's no difference between having a dream and actually, like when you have a real dream, in my opinion, there's no difference between that and the reality. Like you, I woke up this morning with a crazy nightmare and I was like, it took me about 10 minutes to get over it because I felt like it was so real. Well, it kind of was real and my body responded the exact same way it would have if it actually did happen. Yeah. And it's crazy. And you know what? I got a question for you. Why is it in every darn dream we're in, we're always getting chased? When am I going to start chasing someone else? I'm sick of always being the one getting chased. Um, yeah. And to, you know, you're absolutely right. And so the way that I look at things is I always try to reverse engineer it. And to your point, you know, I feel that feeling is the secret. And so I imagine things and I think about all five senses, you know, and I try to activate what I would see, smell, hear, touch, taste. Did I get that right? Yeah. Uh, if my desire was realized in this moment, and then I, I kind of go backwards for it. So for example, as I'm writing a book right now, I'm not thinking like, oh geez, I haven't done the book proposal yet. Oh my God, the design for the cover, that probably has to be changed. Because in that emotional state, you, you feel lack. Instead of feeling abundance and close to something, you feel lack and separation every time that you realize that you're not there. And then that's the vibrant frequency you give off. That's the feeling you give off. And that doesn't serve you because you're not in alignment with your desires. So instead, the way to get around that is say, hey, I'm not gonna focus on it so much where I'm at right now. I wanna focus on the end game, the end product. Where do I wanna be? And feeling that feeling now, because one of the other pieces of the, the vibe mindset is called the law of familiarity, which is you want to be familiar with things to the point where your brain and body is actually, they've, they've done studies on it, where your brain and body, the connections are already kind of paving the road for you to get there. And so you want to get there by using the power of your imagination, which is the greatest gift. Because if you think about it, think of any species out there, right? Um, not that it's a competition, but we are winning with the imagination because what other species do we know of that likely has an imagination? Yeah, we don't know of any. We don't know of any. Dolphins probably do if I had to guess though. They're pretty cool. <laughs> and even if the dolphins don't want, like we need to start pushing for that through Congress. We need more dolphins to have like, levels of consciousness, imagination. They need to be leveled out because they're pretty darn cool. But absolutely. So it's all fun stuff, right? What's the book? Do you have a title yet or do you have a, a premise? Um, well, I just finished uh, four nights of a course or class. It was a live webinar with uh, Hay House, who is definitely in, more in the spiritual realm and you know personal growth and things like that. So I do know, and I never knew this term before, but the book I'm writing is a prescriptive nonfiction. I'm like, mm. ooh, 
that's very doctorly, nice. you know? Um, but yeah, so I'm just excited, you know? And I think when you're around like-minded people, like even when I'm around you, like you and I vibe off each other. It's literally almost like this oscillation. And it's like, when I feel your vibe, I kind of raise mine up and then you feel mine raising off because emotions and feelings are contagious. I don't think people realize that, but you know, that's why sometimes you're like, oh, I just don't like that guy's vibe. It's not that you're consciously thinking about it. It's a subconscious, like a vibe thing. I literally think we're almost like a, a, a receiver in a car and you can check someone's frequency. I so totally believe that. You and I are totally, you know, on the same way. Well, we've always been <laughs> since we've been friends and, you know, I've seen you go, I've seen you when you were, I, Dr. J with the Ferrari and I've seen you with nothing and you are so, you know, I love it because you've always been awesome, high vibration, but your happiness now is through the roof and you've always been an inspiration to me. So when I met you originally, I wanted to be just like you and you taught me that having these things, it's a blessing because you get to learn that you actually didn't want them in the first place. Yeah. You wanted the feeling of getting them and then once you <clears> get them, you're able to realize, what do I actually want? You get to move on to the next thing. And so you get to check that off your bucket list. It's not like, oh, I need another car. No, you went the opposite way. I don't need any car. You sold all your stuff. You sold your house. Like, I, I love that about you, though. And I've witnessed, like, four different versions of you in the past probably, what, seven years that we've known each other? Yeah, and it's funny because the thing that I get the most joy from right now is my scooter. It's a $600 scooter. Someone offered me $1,200 for it. I'm like, dude, never. I, could, I would rather starve on the streets. I'd live on the streets and be homeless than give you my you know, double up and make $600 on the scooter. And it's funny because I even reflected on it. And I said, why did I need to have this big house, this Ferrari, and these cars and stuff? And I'm not saying they're bad things to have, but I realized I just want to know why. Like, why did I even want them? Because once I had them, I kind of didn't want them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, if you want something so bad and you work so hard for it and you get it, why do you not want it anymore? And the honest truth was what I came up with is I wanted it as a gift to that six, eight, 10, 12 year old version of myself, I wanted to just say, hey bro, we got it. We freaking did it. You know that poster the on your poster wall? poster you had, yeah. It came <laughs> true. Literally, I feel, whew. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I, that's all I wanted. Yep. It wasn't even for me, modern day me. It was for younger Jay me, mm -hmm. you know, with the colic, the goofy glasses, <laughs> and, you know, freckles all over my face. It was for that kid, you know? And so he, you know, I, I hope he's grateful for that. <laughs> well, I think you, you said uh, one of my favorite words, of, you know, right when we kicked off, perspective. Perspective, in my opinion, is everything. And as I get older, every time my perspective gets shattered, I realize, like, I didn't know anything about anything. And your whole world changes. And so... I know one of the transformations for you was through your dad's sickness. And I was so fortunate to meet your dad. What an awesome guy. I mean, he's a reason that you're such a great guy. But, you know, that really shifted your perspective and was a catalyst for you, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, up until my dad passed away, I had no idea that I was going to die. <laughs> I didn't even know. I was like literally living my life like, dude, I, come on, man. Yeah, like motocross dude, racer. Yeah, motocross, like... go to fly to Miami, hang out with my friends, even just anything. I was like, dude, I, I never even thought about death. And I was like, oh, geez. And I think it's very common. And I think if someone's listening to this right now and you have a parent, you know, not if a grandparent's alive, then you're good because then you get that one parental buffer. But when your parents start to die, it's almost kind of like you're in Burger King waiting to order your Big Mac. And all of a sudden, like you're next in line. <laughs> and you're like, oh, geez. You know, and then with me, I chose not to uh, have children. But then I'm like, if I die, like I'm completely fine with dying. Like I, I'm completely fine with it. I actually think about it probably too much. Um, but the only thing that I realized that I 
didn't want to do, and the reason why I know I'm not ready to die yet, is I wanted to leave something behind. And my greatest joy in death, <laughs> thinking about ahead of time, comes from the idea, this fantasy of just some kid who all of a sudden maybe, and it could even be a hundred years after I'm gone, all of a sudden stumbles upon one of my YouTube videos, stumbles upon my book, and is maybe just there's one thing that resonates with him and all of a sudden he goes into pure beast mode, lives this amazing life and just rekindles and reignites whatever you know spin he wants to put on some of the things I felt were important, but he becomes transformed even in the fact that I'm not here. That's that's what I want more than anything. That's well, you're already doing that, by the way, right? You're putting YouTube videos out every day. You're writing a book. You're writing all this amazing content. So you're setting the stage for that to happen. And that's kind of the shift I've seen out of you is like you're living the vibe mindset. You're doing it every day. It empowers me. It empowers our whole team. We love getting together and brainstorming and just making the world a better place. And what can we do? And it's just it's contagious, and I think talking about being contagious and kind of in line with the Feel Good Lab, one of my favorite things about you is when you started posting on social media all of your random acts of kindness. And you built, I wouldn't call it a business because you didn't make any money, but you would get people to donate into one rack, random acts of kindness, and then you would go around and be the facilitator. I mean, just mention a couple of the ones. You were giving out turkeys for Thanksgiving. You were driving to the gas station, buying people's gas. You were just giving people, you know, telling them they looked pretty during the day, right? And just making their day. And so it's contagious and you live that. Oh yeah, there's definitely a ripple effect with uh, Random Acts of Kindness. And what was interesting is it just kind of organically came about and out of nowhere, what I did one time, I, only, I think I only had maybe like at the time, a thousand maybe followers on uh, Instagram for my uh, mental coaching for motorsports, rack racing. And so <clears throat> we decided, uh, I decided that I wanted to just buy a bunch of turkeys and I was going to give them away because I'm like, you know what? Thanksgiving kind of doesn't mean as much to me as it should. And I'm like, I want it to have more meaning. So what can I do? I'm like, what's Thanksgiving about? I'm like, to me, I want it to be about like actual giving since that's in the word Thanksgiving. I want to be, I want people to feel thankful and I want to feel thankful that I've given something to someone that needs to be my Thanksgiving. Uh, although I do love turkey mashed potatoes and especially stuffing, as long as there's no celery in it. I don't know why I got this thing against celery. Everyone's like, oh, you burn it. You know, it's negative calories. I just don't like celery. Anyways, <laughs> so anyways, um, what I did, and this is really wild. I bought, I took a risk. And I remember I bought, I think I bought 50 turkeys. And I negotiated a deal because I actually knew the manager at a big Y. So shout out to big Y. Well, quick plug. We just got our products in a big Y. So super oh, cool. Oh, geez. Yep. That was planned. That was staged. Where's the camera? Which one am I looking at? No, I'm just kidding. That was not staged. Uh, congratulations. That's cool. Thank you. Um, and so the big Y gave us a discount on these turkeys. And so what we did is I had a friend of mine who's no longer with us. I bought his truck. And uh, anyway, so Ryan, uh, did you ever read Ryan O'Connell? Mm -mm. Anyways, Ryan, amazing guy, super, just, just a unique individual. So smart, like hyper smart. Like, is, is that a word? Hyper smart? It is now. So anyways, I, I used his truck. We put all these turkeys in the back and I said, let's just start giving these out. But... Let's go live on my Instagram account and let's just test drive the idea of putting a link to a PayPal account. And what we're going to do is each turkey is going to be 12 bucks. And if you want to get a shout out, this is where it got cool. If you want to get a shout out, as I'm handing out the turkeys, the people that are receiving them will thank you personally live real time. 
if you do a donation and even with just a thousand followers, we were able to get people like literally it was almost perfect where I'd be like, oh, geez, we're about to hand out this. And all of a sudden I had someone next to me. Evelyn was next to me and she'd go, oh, we got another donation. Give a shout out to Greg. I'm like, oh my God, Greg. And so, and then I'd hand a turkey to the next person. I'd say, hey, can you just like, I'm going to give you this free turkey, but just thank Greg. And, they, and they'd say, thank Greg. And then he gets on, um, within less than an hour, he's getting thanked by some woman who's getting an emotional saying that no one stopped by and nobody cares about her. Mm-hmm. And she feels love for the oh, first time. What do you think the rest of her day looked like? What do you think the rest of her week looked like? What do you think her Thanksgiving looked like? We got invited. You know what? Oh, I can't believe I just remember this. We got, we went into one woman's house and she's like, oh, hi. You know, and she's kind of timid. And she goes, I'm like, how are you doing? She's like, good. It's, it's my birthday. I'm like, well, who's coming? Who's coming? Well, no one's coming. And I'm like, no one's coming. I'm like, there's no birthday cake. And, you know, she's like, no, I don't talk to my kids. It's not. I'm like, nope. This isn't, this isn't working for me. I almost made her birthday about me because I'm like, no, this isn't working. I called the connection at Big Y. And he's like, dude, we got you covered. We're going to make a free cake. What's her name? We send in the name. He had his baker immediately make the cake. I drove out, got the cake, turned around, went back. Now I should get a turkey. We got a cake and all of us sang happy birthday to her. She cried. We all teared up. It. You talk about feel good. That felt good. Oh, yeah. I match your box, by the way. Did you yeah, notice that? You. Well, you did that on purpose. I know you too well. I did. The feel thank good vibe. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, well, and let's cool. be clear, you're not doing this because it makes you feel good. But at the same time, we're, you know, life is very unique. And I think at some level, we're all selfish. It makes you feel so good. And there's statistics out there about how good it makes you feel when you give. It makes you feel, you know, twice as great as when you receive. I mean, it is one of the greatest gifts that we have. And we have this quote, I say it probably on every podcast at this point, And I probably told you it's from Confucius. A rich person wants 10,000 things but a sick person only wants one. And it's really hard to be in a, you know, an attitude of gratitude and, and this giving feeling when you are sick or you're suffering from chronic pain. And so it's, you know, it's one of those things that we're trying as, as best we can to help those people because we know that once they solve that sickness, I believe that 99.999% of people are amazingly good. And once we can just become healthy, think about the world that we are going to live in. I just, I'm so optimistic about where we can take the world. I think that today we're in a little bit of a tough place. I think it is scary and there's a lot going on, but we can solve it. And once we figure out how to solve our health, first and foremost, that's not the end goal. The end goal is not just getting healthy and feeling good. Feeling good is just a start. Once we feel good, imagine how amazing this world is going to be because I just think that this attitude of gratitude and this community and helping people, you live it every day, but you're very fortunate, right? And so am I. And so one of the missions we have at the Feel Good Lab is getting over that hump, helping people actually get back to feeling good, what their bodies meant to feel like, and then what can we do together and how can we help each other and how can we build community? And that's just what our mission is here. And that's why I'm so excited to just have you on the podcast and share some of these stories. Yeah. And I love, I love the thought and concept as well of, of bringing together, like obviously you guys have a product that helps on the physical side that helps relieve pain and that pain relief is important. But I also feel that 
there's not enough people that manage their mindset on pain. Um, the athletes I work with, uh, a lot of them deal with, uh, especially in supercross, motocross, a lot of physical pain. And it's amazing because I do have a online coaching group that is mostly racers. And there's never, I think, been a, a day where someone's not recovering from injury. And managing using the power like the vibe mindset like having people shift their perspective on pain you know even just even it just takes step step back mistakes and failure people don't look at mistakes and failure properly mistakes and failure are not bad and to me i think pain certainly isn't desired but i think we all need to get very comfortable with differentiating the difference between pain and suffering mm -hmm. and so pain to me my perspective on pain is that it's simply my body saying, hey, Jay. Something's wrong. Can, yeah, can you just take a look at this? That's all it is. It's just like your, your dad calling you and saying, hey, Ryan, uh, can you bring over your tools and take a look at something? Something's not, you know, working uh, with the toilet at the house. <laughs> but, I'm not the guy he'd call for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't call you for that. Uh, for the most cushiony uh, plied toilet paper, I would call you for a roll. Um, but anyway, so when we talk about pain versus suffering, I think pain is a necessary thing, but suffering is not. And I think that's where you start to go from the body transitioning more into the mind is the suffering part because it's all, you know, suffering is often reflecting and replaying a scenario or replaying a narrative in your head as to like, let's say for example, it's arthritis pain. If you're starting to experience arthritis pain and here you are 62, never had it before in your life, now you're experiencing this, what's your narrative? And if your narrative starts to become, well, I'm getting old, you know what, maybe I didn't take care of my body enough, you know, maybe I should have done this, should have done that, should have done this, whoa, 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 now you're creating this whole story, this whole narrative, you're starting to create the supportive evidence to believe that you are old and you are heading downhill. And I just don't think that's the right way to do it. You know, you've got pain in your body. Label it as such, you know, but to differentiate the difference between that and entering in that suffering realm, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think it's very important to state pain is subjective. You could never understand what my pain is. I can never understand your pain. It's one of the reasons it's so hard to treat. And so we're not trying to you know, say this is a one size fits all. But I do agree with what you're saying. It's that we need to bring hope to those that are suffering from chronic pain mm -hmm. because a third of our country, 100 million adults have had pain for more than six months. I mean, that's a staggering statistic. I think it says a lot about the lifestyle we live and, you know, what are, the, what are we doing that's causing that? And we're, we're looking at that and we're trying to see what can we do to understand how do we get preventative? How do we educate people in their younger years to get ahead of it? But at the same time, we're in this problem and I don't eat perfectly and I, I suffer from pain a little bit, but not to the extent of chronic every day. But here's the bigger statistic that's really scary. Two thirds of the people that are in pain don't believe ever, ever for the rest of their lives that they're going to be pain free. So that lack of hope is catastrophic because, you know, it's... If you don't think anything's going to work, well, probably nothing's going to work. And it's not like we have a silver bullet here, like, oh, use our natural pain cream and all of a sudden you're going to heal your chronic pain. No, no, no. But we know with thousands of patients at the pharmacy that when you pair our natural pain cream with a really, really great diet, and typically we recommend a food inflammation test so you can understand what foods you're eating that are causing inflammation in your body because chronic pain is typically out of control inflammation, oxidative stress, and lack of blood flow. 
it typically the the area is no longer suffering from that alert alert fix it fix it but there's still these side effects these uh, the inflammation is really important just like pain is inflammation needs to go in and protect the area the point is is that we can reduce the inflammation through our diet we can look at a personalized supplement routine. And for us, we know that a very high quality curcumin, 95% curcuminoids, 500 milligrams, two to three times a day, a really high quality fish oil that has the right mix of EPA and DHA, as well as maybe one or two other supplements, depending on who you are and what your personal experience is and what you're able to get out of your diet with a healthier over-the-counter pain reliever that doesn't have toxins because toxic burden is leading to a lot of these side effects as well. There is hope. Not only is there hope, we've witnessed people recover completely. Now, it takes time, it takes a plan, it takes mindset, it takes hope, and it takes all of these things. But what our mission is at the Feel Good Lab is to bring that all together. And it's not going to be overnight. You know, we have two products today. We're launching an awesome line of supplements. We're going to start getting into coaching because we believe that the accountability and helping our customer one-on-one and treating them as an individual, not saying, oh, one size fits all. Here, you need curcumin, fish oil, and our natural pain cream. It's not as simple as that, but we're bringing these preventative benefits to the table, and we're really optimistic that we're going to make a difference. Yeah, I love it, and um, I love the way your repackaging looks, by the way. Thank and you. I love, I love that um, that ad you had recently where it had the different, um, like the turmeric. Like, I want to see it. Oh, I just lost my bracelet. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so yeah, the way that you guys have presented things and, and the fact that you're so passionate about something, like that's what I love most about you and your dad is, and your dad, your dad is so fascinating. Like every time, like I feel bad that every time we get together and there's a whole group of us, I just want to talk to your dad because <laughs> he's so interesting to talk to and he knows so much and he talks about things that aren't just like general knowledge. You know, there's some people that talk about general knowledge or maybe they give their opinion about politics. I don't want to talk about politics. Like who does? Like well, actually, there's a lot of people. Right now. <laughs> no, no one that, I, <laughs> that yeah. I'm into. Um, but I did want to say something that was important that you mentioned that I want to highlight because it was really, really smart and really important, which is... You know, when I'm working with, when I'm coaching uh, professional motorsports athletes, the number one thing that they need to succeed is to believe in themselves. They need to have a belief. And if you think about like a pyramid, right? So right Mm -hmm. now, if, if you're listening and not watching on a video, you know, picture a pyramid at the very bottom of that pyramid is identity and belief. And so when you take belief away, that is one of the foundational pieces to it all. And so I think a lot of us need to shift our perspective on belief and change our belief from, hey, you know, and, and a lot of times these beliefs are substantiated by reflecting on your past. And you say, hey, I've dealt with this for 12 years, Ryan. Like, you're not going to make this any better. It's like, well, are you sure? Or is it the narrative and the story and the belief you have and you're using confirmation bias to only support that belief you have by filtering out new opportunities, filtering out new conversations, filtering out just simply trying mm-hmm. something different, right. you know? And it's like, even if you you used another cream before and it didn't work, well, you know, there needs to be a degree of belief and you need to shift that narrative to, hey, I'm going to try things to make myself better. Not things, nothing's going to help me. Like that's an absolute, like the words always and never, those are, da- you might as well just, Grab yourself a gun and play Russian roulette because those words are absolutes and they're absolutely powerful and they can work for or against you. And I think a lot of people don't recognize the fact that they're using them to limit their beliefs instead of support new self-empowering beliefs that can serve them. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's where, you know, our worlds can collide, right? Like we think that our products, when it's all said and done, we want to be one of the greatest wellness companies ever. 
But how we're gonna do that is not through products. I mean, I just rattled off all the great products that we plan to launch. That is only going to allow us to engage and build relationships with and build a community. And that community is gonna be based on mindset and optimism and helping each other out and random acts of kindness within the community. All of those things are going to play a massive, massive role. Now, we are in a world today where, you know, again, I'm not perfect and I certainly eat a traditional American diet for the most part. I do try to cut back on gluten and dairy, which cause inflammation in my body based on the testing that I've done and looking at my genetics. And that's some of the really cool stuff that my dad's able to offer through the functional medicine practice is a really personalized look at exactly who is Dr. J and what is your genetics plus your environment, plus your toxic burden and your gut microbiome. How does that play into how your body's showing up? And we are going to have the ability as science gets better and better. And as all of these things happen, like, you know, to think that two-thirds, 66 million people in the United States say, I will never get better. I mean, that's a statistic that we've not only seen in data, but we surveyed our own customers. We even got that reflected through them. They believe they'll never live, never. And again, you talk about those words. We need to get rid of that word. And yes, is there a chance that maybe it won't get better? Of course there is. But, you know, I have one tattoo on my body. It says, never stop. And I believe that that persistence and that belief that if we are resilient in our pursuit of whatever it is we're going for, I think that inevitably we will get there. That's just my belief. That's just how I decide to show up every day. And I just want to empower. And again, it's not easy. And I know if you've been suffering from chronic pain for decades, which many of our customers have, who am I, this 34-year-old guy who's relatively healthy to tell you that it's going to get better? But I promise you, I will work with you individually. Call me. I'll give you my cell phone number. There is hope. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just you have to almost focus on the process more than the outcome because if you focus too much on the outcome, once again, that idea of lack and separation kicks in. And I think you just have to enjoy the process because it makes things not seem so far away. Mm -hmm. They don't seem two miles away. You need to kind of make it every inch. And that every inch to me, the way I imagine it, is reading read an article. Like if you have arthritis, read an article on arthritis. If you have muscle soreness, what... What are the top causes of muscle soreness? Just put a little focus, energy, and attention into learning more about it. And the more you start to learn and focus your energy and attention on looking for answers, the more you'll find them. I mean, th I think that's the crazy thing in life. You know, like if you focus on something, it's the more likely you're going to find it. And it's actually, you know, the reticular activating system to get geek out a little bit, you know, it filters out all these, there's so many stimuli in every given moment in our lives. And it filters out the things based on what we want. You know, the classic example is you, you if you buy um, a white Mini Cooper, now all of a sudden you're you start see seeing, yeah, you see him everywhere, yeah, right? Totally. And you're like, oh, geez, I should have gotten it in red. <laughs> oh, yeah, you should have, but you would have seen red all the time well, too. Well, then so. the second you say I should have gotten it in red, now you see the red one all the exactly, time. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So you can't win that one. But I think it's important to realize that when you focus on answers and solutions, you find answers and solutions, you yeah. know, and, and it's, and, and why not, you know, it's, it's almost like, even in the process of me writing a book and going through this course that I was on and we had all these group meetings and we had these breakout sessions, I realized that, God, doubt? You want to talk about the biggest disease in society? I don't think it's diabetes, but it starts with a D and it's doubt. And it was amazing how many people were doubting and doubting, like, I'm not sure. I'm not, they, it, literally, there were people that were struggling and, and fixated on the, the book title, which I'm not saying a book title is not important, but it's like, 
you're, you've got all this doubt that's that's overcoming you. And the more you you start to doubt yourself, the more doubt invites right. itself in. And so I think to bring it back to pain relief, it's like, all right, well, if you need pain relief, what do you know about pain relief? Like you guys or talk what about expert termic. can you find that can help you know more? Yeah, right? you don't like, need to become the expert, but there are experts out there. No, and even even with myself, I personally right now am not in pain. But I'll be honest with you, and I do want you to comment on this. I every time we talk about your dad doing these tests and getting all this information, I always am like, I need to do it. I need to do it. You know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I'm sick of saying I need to do it. Can you tell me, like, because I think if I have this question, I'm sure a lot of our tens of millions of other listeners um, right now <laughs> uh, probably are having the same question. Um, when your dad does one of these tests, can you just give me a real brief? And I don't know if this is within yeah. the scope of your knowledge base, but how, what is he taking from me? Is he taking blood, yep. tissue samples, half of an organ? And, and also more importantly, I don't, I assume it's not covered by insurance. How much does something like this cost? Because honestly, I'm telling you right now, I want to do this and I'm sick of saying I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. Yeah. So that's a great question. And honestly, some of these tests we're working on bringing to the field lab. So the one that we're looking at is the food inflammation test. It costs between I want to say $250 to $500, depending on the panel you look at, because the panel means how many foods will it look at? So there's, you know, some of them have just a couple of like the standard diet. Some of them have a little bit of expanded. The one I did, I want to say was $500. Insurance typically will not cover it, but I would bet that there's a way maybe through your doctor that they can write a prescription for it. Possibly you can use an HSA or an FSA to pay for it, but they're really not that expensive. When you look at the data you get from it gives you certainty. So for me, I've cut out gluten from my diet. And I never really liked dairy that much, so I've been able to cut out dairy because those were a level four inflammation for me. They were the highest level, which means, and I, by the way, I knew it. When I would eat those things, I would be sick. So my stomach has never felt better than it has today. Two things I've done is cut those out and I intermittent fast, which mm -hmm. isn't for everybody. But for me, by eating less, I'm not having those negative reactions in my gut. And we know there's a gut-brain connection. So I, I feel better athletically I feel better, my body feels better, all these things. So the food inflammation test is really simple. The reason we're gonna launch that as one of the products is because we can mail it to you. You do a finger prick, so it's like a little button. It kind of hurts, it's a little scary because you gotta like click and it pricks your finger. Those aren't that bad, I've done that to see. Yeah. I wanted to check my sugar one time and my friend's a diabetic and I did it. I I challenge you on that. I don't think that that. No, bad. it's not that bad. It's not that bad at all. And you can just do it in the, you know, in your own home. And you kind of got to like, you know, get the blood onto a little uh, piece of paper. There's some circles. You fill that in. You pack it up into, you know, a safe, 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 simple little packaging. You mail it back in, and within a week or two, you get your test results. So that's the food sensitivity test, and that's the one that I would say is, you know, at a minimum. For people that are suffering from chronic pain, there's an inflammation component to it, and our diet. And the toxic burden is the leading cause of that inflammation, most likely, almost in every single person. So that would be where I start. Now, the on the um, nutrition side, there's some other saliva and blood tests that we have done that range from you know $100 to a couple hundred dollars. And again, insurance doesn't typically cover this, unfortunately. I believe we need to move into a world where we are having insurance pay for the preventative maintenance versus you know, the end of life maintenance. And I think that we're starting to see some momentum in that direction. But today there's more of a cost to do these things, which is kind of sad because these are the reasons that we're ending up in these conditions 20, 30 years down the road if we don't address them now. So those, you know, you would work with a functional medicine practitioner like my dad uh, or a doctor, osteopathic doctor, a naturopathic doctor, even a chiropractor in some instances will have access to some of these tests. 
And then the other one is the genetic testing. This is super cool and it's always evolving. You can go and get your genetic panel done. You know, there's a, a bunch of different companies. Now I know when I did it, I think I did 23andMe. Back then they gave you the whole panel. It's like a massive, it's like your entire genetic database. Really? And my dad's able to take that data and then run it through these tools that he has that are like super sophisticated. And those will then tell him, and, and he has the same issues that I do, right? Cause I'm right off the old block. So as an example, real simple, um, and I'm probably gonna butcher this, but it's close enough to give you the idea. I don't convert vitamin A. So there's a beta carotene, I believe, is like a precursor. And I'm not, I'm not even should be talking about this because I don't even know what I'm talking about. But, but these the tests is, showed you that you're not converting vitamin totally. A. Totally. And then, and then the nutrition test that we did through the blood showed us that I was low in these things. So the way I get around it, knowing that in my genetics, just taking vitamin A doesn't work, I need to take a different form of it that'll, that gets it past the conversion process that I'm genetically not capable of doing. And so the genetic test you know, it's a little bit more expensive. It, my dad's got to spend a lot of time going through the data because obviously this is a brand new field of um, nutrigenomics, they're calling it. And my brother, Mike, who's a pharmacist, has been studying it as well. But they're seeing incredible results. You know, it does cost a little bit of money to do all this testing. But if you look at it, one of the things my dad always taught me, this is kind of funny because I love cars, so do you, right? Let's go back to when you had the nice cars. How much money per year did you spend on maintenance for your cars? A lot. Don't even say it, but a lot. Okay. How much money do you spend a year on maintenance for your body? It's true. Even just an oil change in that stupid red car that I had <laughs> could cover that panel that you're referring to. Oh, easily. The a oil change. Of them. That's yeah. it. And, and <laughs> the mindset is like, we do this for our cars without thinking. We do it for our pets without thinking. When it comes to our body, which we only get one of, there's like this sticker shock because, oh, insurance won't cover it. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to afford it. Well, I think that you can't afford to not do it. And I'm not saying you got to go work with my dad and do the whole panel of every test. No, but to at least look at some of these things. I mean, the food inflammation test is a pretty low hanging fruit. Uh, and we're hopeful that we're going to be able to work with a company to get that cost down. Our goal is not to make money off it. Our goal is to be able to get the cost so effective that everybody that's our customer is going to be able to add this on because it's going to make such an impact. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of my favorite things, because I do have that little marketing side to me, is is cost versus value. You know, and I think we need to shift that narrative because everything that you buy costs something, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, you could charge me a dollar for something and I'm still going to be like, a dollar? Like, dude, I'm not giving you a dollar. It doesn't matter whether it's a thousand or a dollar. What what's The resistance is going to be caused by the value. And so I think if we really focus on the value instead of the cost, I think here you start identifying the value, it's like, wait a minute, I could wake up every day and feel better. Wait, I could feel like more alive during my day. I could be more energized at the end of the day. Who knows, maybe that would end up in me working out more often, meaning that I'll be more tired and sleep better. Mm -hmm. You know, sleep's a big thing, man. Huge. You know, like, and people, people don't know what to do. And so it's like, you know, maybe there's something there as well, you know, because I know that I used to eat too late and I started to find out on my own that acidity was an issue for me. And if I had anything tomato related, which is where the acidity came from, dude, I was done. Like I'm not getting, I, there's no way I'm sleeping well. 100%, not even 80% of the time. It's like mm -hmm. 100%. And so that awareness came with me and getting curious about myself. And I think we need to all start getting more curious about ourselves. Curious about 
why you think the way you do, why you feel the way you do, why you act the way you do, why you make the decisions you do, um, and why you feel the way you do, even from a, not just an emotional standpoint, but physically, you know, and it's like, get curious. Like I have three values that, um, have you ever done your personal uh, philosophy? So uh, maybe not that exact one, but I've done a whole bunch of them. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And all it is is simple. It's and I urge anyone listening to this or watching to, to do this is just identify three things that are of value to you. And, and, and trust me, when you do this, definitely use a, a pencil and eraser because you are going to change them every five seconds. It took me like two weeks until I identified. So even then they still change, but it's be curious, be kind, be creative. You know, and so obviously the kindness, we've got onerack.org, which is the our nonprofit. Creative, I'm writing a book. And then curious, I'm curious about myself. Why do I think, feel, and act the way I do and make the decisions I do? And so, you know, I think the word curious is under underrated and underappreciated. I mean, George was curious and look how he lived. He lived an amazing life, Curious George. Well, uh, Jay, as expected, you brought the energy today. I love it. Heck this. yeah, I did. Um, and we probably went, <laughs> what, you know, we try to keep these at 30 minutes. I can, only imagine, that. I can only imagine it's been longer than that. But here's how we, we always want to end the podcast with something actionable. And Kemba, for those listening, not watching, my dog is, is uh, getting excited that we're ending so he can go play with Jay. Kemba. So here's, here's how we always like to end it is what is one thing that you've learned, especially around the mindset that you could give somebody that's actionable. I think you've given a lot of actionable tips today, but what's one thing that's a takeaway for somebody that they can do right now that can shift their perspective a little bit? Well, the first I was originally going to go with, and I, sh I changed my answer mid-thought, is I was originally going to start with the number one thing I coach everyone, like week one, if I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with someone, which was to talk about self-awareness and the power of being conscious. But, you know, I feel like probably a lot of your listeners are in tune to that and very mindful already or at least aware of that. So I'm going to I'm going to do a quick shift and tell you that the the one thing that I think is the most powerful thing that I actually just did uh we did an 11 day challenge on this in my private coaching group and it the results like kind of blew my mind. I was like I thought it was going to be good, keep everyone interested, but it, the results were way bigger, like 10x. Um, the amount of joy and excitement that the people that uh participate in this was, which is to create feeling based intentions. So I think when we talk about intentions, which I love the power of setting intentions, I think, um, and this is one thing, if, if you guys want an, an actionable takeaway here, it's to, before your two feet hit the ground every single morning upon awakening, and if you forget, because I've done this before, if you forget and your feet do touch the ground and you walk away, do what I do. Turn around, go back in bed, hit the reset button. It's actually kind of funny. I, I've done it a couple of times I'm and I laugh so you hard. have. I know you do well. Yeah, because I'm not going to do it standing up because that's not the deal. you got to do it with it before your two feet hit the ground. But it's to set a feeling-based intention. So we're not talking about, I think sometimes people plan their day out and they think they're starting off their day right by coming up with a plan. But that plan is a to-do list. And my challenge to you is to consider making a to-feel list. What do I want to feel today? And if you want to feel courage, if you want to feel accomplished, that's a big one. If you want to feel a weight lifted off your shoulders, you want to feel that you were able to let go or become non-attached to something, that's another huge one. Have a feeling-based intention that is daily. It's not, this is what I want to do this week because tomorrow's never going to come next week. I don't care about that. Like you can think about that. I'm a, I'm a same day guy. That's, that's my thing. Same day. What do you want to feel same day? And when you do that, then that's, I call it your morning ask. Then, you know, what am I asking of the day? 
and start there with that feeling-based intention. And now all of a sudden you've got something to focus on and you've got a little bit of like almost like a mini purpose for the day. Mm. And it's fun. And you know what? You feel, when you feel that feeling that you set the intention for, you create momentum, you build confidence. It's a little dopamine hit that makes you feel good. I love that. Well, what a great way to end it. And um, thank you so much for coming on, Jay. If anybody wants to follow Jay, The Vibe Mindset, really great stuff over there. I love following your journey. You've been a coach and an inspiration to me, so always a pleasure. Thanks so much. And is a free lunch or breakfast included in this? Yes. Oh, perfect. But we skip lunch and breakfast, so too bad. (laughs) I forgot. I'm fasting too, so yeah, thank you so much for having me, and I just love watching the company grow and watching even just you take your risk, you know, and and, and moving from one career and just going all in headfirst. I just admire and respect that uh, a lot about you, so uh, hugs, hugs across from Mike to Mike. Thanks, brother. All right. Take care, brother. That was fire. <laughs> that was good. That, that was, was that, that felt good. How long do you think that was? Probably an hour and hour at least. 45. 45? Yep. Dude, we fucking killed that one. Um, Dude, we're a little too good at